Women and Pornography on this edition of Truth and Love. And you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Amy, you are joining us today with a concern that a lot of people have written in about. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, so recently we've had lots of questions about women and pornography, and typically this is addressed as a male problem. But it is also a common struggle for women, though sometimes it may look a little different. So all Christians are called to flee sexual immorality and pursue purity. But what does this look like in a sex-obsessed culture? What does it look like to be set apart? I'm glad we're talking about this because I think that the questions that have come in are right that we often do when Christians talk about pornography, typically talk about it like it is a male problem. And when we do that, it creates a couple of issues that are problematic. One is it can make it more challenging for women who do struggle with pornography to feel like there's a place for them to discuss it. It can isolate them, and that is not good and will undercut their efforts at help. The second thing it does is it makes it harder for the church to know how to help those people. So if if the church is aware that pornography is a problem for men, and I think growing numbers of people are aware of that, then we're able to grow in our wisdom and focus on that problem and really help men. But if we're not talking about the problem that it is for women, then we're not able to grow in our wisdom and we're not able to offer up the kind of help and the care that they need. So this is a really important thing for us to talk about. And I think what I want to do is just encourage people that this is a problem that women have. It's a problem that men have, and it's a problem that women have. We know it's a problem that women will have because the Bible tells us so. Um, The demands in the Bible for sexual purity are directed at men and women. It's not just directed at men, it's directed at women as well. And so that means that uh, since the commands are directed to men and women, and since both men and women are sinful, then all of us will struggle as we fight by grace to realize the demands for biblical purity in our life. And so uh, you've got that reality. You also have a passage like 2 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, no temptation has come upon you except that which is common to every person. Mm. So this is something that is not just a male problem. It is a female problem as well. There are also statistics that back this up. In one survey, 87% of women indicated that they felt out of control about the issue of masturbation. In the same survey, 47% of women said that they became habitually and compulsively hooked on porn uh, when they were between the years of 13 and 17. So this is a female problem. This is not just the guys are looking at porn and the women aren't. And so we need to encourage all people to pursue sexual purity, not just men. So I think one of the ways that men and women maybe are different in this struggle is that sometimes women read romance novels that may be even labeled as Christian, but have sexually charged romance in them. Is this an acceptable 
thing because it's not an image. Yeah, no, it's not acceptable. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says that we are to flee all sexual immorality. We're supposed to run away from it. We're not, we're not supposed to get as close to sexual immorality as we can. We're not supposed to find that element of sexual immorality that is acceptable to us and say that's okay for us. We're supposed to run away from it. So when we see sexual immorality, whether that's in a book or on the screen or in our mind, we are supposed to run away from it. Ephesians mm-hmm. 5.3 says that there should not be any hint of sexual immorality named among us. It shouldn't be, not even one hint of it should be mentioned as being a part of who Christians are and what they do. And so Christians are guilty of sexual sin when they look at pornographic movies on the internet. They are guilty of sexual immorality when they read about fornication and adultery in novels. And they are guilty of sexual immorality when they cherish those things in their mind and heart. We are not allowed to love and be entertained by things that God believes will kill us. When, when we read a book about um, uh, a sexy romance between a couple that is not married and there's graphic depictions of their involvement with one another, that is not allowed. It is outside the bounds. And it shows, it reveals in our heart that we have a love and an interest in the things that God says is deadly. And so we should repent of that. We should flee sexual immorality. We should run fast from it in the other direction. We should get rid of the books. We should put passwords on the computer. We should get help for our thoughts. And uh, we should not do it. Hmm. So as you said in the beginning... Women have expressed embarrassment and shame in struggling with pornography since it is often set up as a male problem. So what steps should women take to address this struggle and how can women specifically strive for purity? So I'd say two things. First, I'd say remember what I said at the beginning, that this is not a sin that you're the only one who struggles with. The the way this works, if these statistics are right, that 87% of these women said that they feel out of control by masturbation then the woman listening to this who's struggling is not alone. She knows people that struggles as well. And what is happening is everybody is drowning in their silence and somebody has to break it and and reach out for help. So you are not alone. Uh, Nothing has befallen you except that which is common to everybody. And so you have to, you have to fight the lie. I think the function of second Corinthians 10, 13 in the Bible is to give us a kind of comfort. Not that misery loves company, but that you're not alone, that you're not some freak out here in a struggle, but that you have the same kinds of struggles that everybody else does. And that is helpful when we're trying to be motivated to talk about these problems. The second thing I would say is in Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13, it says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So Hebrews 3.13 commands Christians to exhort other Christians so that they won't fall away in sin from the living God. 
that is a command to you and to me and everybody listening to this that we have to speak into the lives of the people we know and love and walk with in our Christian community. But there's a second command in Hebrews 3.13 that's implicit. And here's what it is. I have to be honest with you about my struggle. I have to open up to you. If if I am not opening up my life to you and being honest about my struggles with you, then you can't exhort me. You can't help me in the way that this text commands. So on the face of the passage is a command that we have to be speaking to one another. But right underneath that is this command that we also have to be opening ourselves up to one another so that people will know how to speak intelligently to us. And so you have to trust the Lord. You have to trust Jesus Christ. God put this command in the Bible for you so that you could get the help that you need of people speaking into your life to protect you from falling away from the living God. So you might be concerned. You might be scared to death. You might be very apprehensive about reaching out for help, but you should trust the Lord and believe that it's going to be good for your soul to get help with this. And then you need to look around for another wise, mature, godly woman. Maybe she is, maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's uh, an older woman at your church. Maybe it's a dear and precious friend that you know is walking with the Lord and pursuing purity. And you can just say, hey, Can I talk with you about a struggle that I am having and see if you could help me with it? And then let that person work the means of grace in your life as commanded in Hebrews chapter 3. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. The questions that we answered on the podcast today came from you. We love to answer your questions, and we want to invite you to send them in. You can email them to us at truthandlove at biblicalcounseling.com, or you can tweet them at us using our Twitter handle at ACBC and the hashtag truthandlove. If you'd like more information about ACBC, you can visit us at www.biblicalcounseling.com.